Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. So welcome everyone to Ask Wardy. This is episode 19. For links and more, when you're checking out the replay, you can go to tradcookschool.com slash AW019 for episode 19. I want to say welcome to everyone who's here live with me and those of you who are listening later, either through the iTunes podcast or the video replay embedded at askwardy.tv or on YouTube. You're all very special to me and I'm so glad that we can gather together each week and just cover what you want to know about traditional cooking because traditional cooking is my passion. I love to talk about it and share and I love to just see people, their, the light bulbs go on, like last week in particular, episode 18, um, when I shared my sourdough routine, I think it was probably our most popular episode to date. There were lots of light bulbs going on. So if you're interested in sourdough and how you can experience the freedom of not wasting a starter, not wasting flour, having it when you need it, but not being a slave to it, then go back and listen to episode 18 because you really, really get a lot out of it. At least that's what I'm hearing, that it was a big light bulb for so many people who are feeling trapped um, and frustrated by sourdough are, are suddenly seeing the possibilities. So I was really thrilled to be part of that for you. And that is the idea of Ask Wardy is whatever um, is plaguing you or niggling at you, that's what we cover. So today's question is from Nicole D. And she says, I was wondering your thoughts on pressure cookers. I have had my Instant Pot for over a year and a half now, and I thought it was the greatest thing. However, I was just browsing through my Nourishing Traditions cookbook again and noticed in the kitchen equipment section, it recommends against pressure cookers right under microwaves because food can get too hot above the boiling point. Now I'm conflicted. It seems that pressure cookers are getting really popular now, especially for broth, beans, and such. Would love to hear your opinion, says Nicole D. Well, this is a great question, Nicole, and I'm just going to tell you when I read Nourishing Traditions, I made up my mind back then, and this was, I don't know, eight or ten years ago, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not going to do pressure cooking because it's bad for me, and I held to that for several years. But a couple years ago, uh, my mind was changed, and that's because I did some reading, And well, first I'll tell you what happened. We had a really tough beef that year. It was so tough. I tried crock pot, so slow roasting. I tried braising. I tried all kinds of things and our beef was tough. And then I was reading an article online about pressure cooking and it was actually from our friend uh, Kristen at Food Renegade. And she was talking about how pressure cooking um, is actually not only efficient, and I'll talk about some of those reasons in a bit, but it's actually nutritious. And um, so I'm not sure what information Sally Fallon Morell was using in Nourishing Traditions, but pressure cooking can actually be very healthy. And so I want to talk to you about that uh, today. First, I want to answer a very common question, um, like which often comes up is pressure cooking, pressure canning, what's the difference? Well, 
they're, they're very similar. Okay, that's the first thing. They both use pressure. Pressure increases the temperature and you can get <clears throat> faster cooking. You can, um, you know, <clears throat> make sure that inside your jars that you're canning, that there's no bacteria or pathogens and you can seal them up tight so that they will last for a long time um, without spoiling. So the principle is the same, but you practice it differently in your kitchen because pressure cooking is what you would do to create your meals. Like, um, roasts and rice and, and, and um, beans, soups, stews, even desserts. And you're pressure cooking for what you're going to eat there on the spot. There's no glass jars involved. It's just you're cooking in the pot. Now, pressure canning, on the other hand, is you're using pressure to can foods so they last long term. So you, you have jars inside your pressure canner and you're canning up your foods in the jars and using pressure to achieve that safety. Um, so because of the two different purposes, you'll see different appliances on the market, like a pressure cooker, for instance, since you're just cooking, you know, a meal or maybe a double batch of something, you'll find a, you'll find smaller pots. Um, like here's, here's my Kuhn Recon, uh, pressure cooker. Okay. So it's smaller, but also because your food is coming into contact with the pot itself, there's, there's no jars or anything. You're not canning. So whatever you're cooking for your family is coming into contact with the pot. It needs to be a very safe uh, material, which is why pressure cookers, at least the ones that you want to use for pressure cooking are stainless steel, for instance. Um, on the other hand, a pressure canner, you're packing a lot of jars in there. It's taking up a lot more space. So pressure canners are huge. And I know there's not a lot of perspective there, but that's my old gold pressure canner that's passed down to me by my mom. It's sitting on top of the freezer and it's huge. It's also aluminum because the food isn't coming into contact with um, the pot. So you don't have to be as careful with the, the uh, material that the pot is constructed of. Now, it doesn't mean that today's pressure canners aren't there are pressure canners made of stainless steel. Um, it, it, all I'm pointing out the difference here is I would never cook food that I was going to serve right away, you know, that wasn't in jars. I would never cook it in a pressure canner that was made of aluminum because then our food would have been in contact with the aluminum at very high temperatures and high pressure, which is not good for us. So those are some of the differences between pressure cooking and pressure canning. Um, you can pressure can in a pressure cooker. It's just you have to do it at very small quantities, okay? And you kind of have to adapt how you use the equipment um, according to the guidelines for safe canning. Um, and, the, and some examples, like this is the pressure cooker I started out on. It's a Kuhn Recon. I think it's a seven quart. And it's one that you put on the stovetop. Um, and it's stainless steel, and, and it has a pressure gauge on top, and you have to be a little more hands-on because you are watching its gauge to moderate the pressure, and you do that by maintaining you know, where it is on the burner, how hot the burner is, and you are pretty hands-on. And then we have something that's the new craze that you guys are filling up the comments talking about. The Instant Pot is, uh, has a stainless steel pot inside it, and this is an amazing um, appliance. It not only does pressure cooking, but it has six other functions like rice cooker and making yogurt and things like that. But it's hands off. You're basically, you know, telling it, I want to do high pressure for this many minutes and it doesn't. It does it. You don't have to watch it on the stove and make sure to have the pot just at the right place with the temperature just right to maintain the pressure. The Instant Pot is doing all this work of regulating for you. And 
I know for a fact um, how convenient it is because I started out with the one on the stovetop and it's kind of a pain to get right. The Instant Pot's really easy. So that's a little bit about pressure cooking and pressure canning, but the main question that Nicole was asking was, is it healthy? Well, yes, I believe it's healthy. So I wanna talk about one thing. Um, because in nourishing tradition, Sally Fallon said that um, uh, it's a nutrient destroyer because of the high heat. Well, um, the the research that came out from Kristen at Food Renegades article uh, convinced me that there are certain nutrients, well, that actually pressure cooking can help you preserve nutrients because what you're doing is reducing the cook time. So there's volatile nutrients like... Um, ascorbic acid and beta carotene that are actually better preserved because the efficiency of pressure cooking, um, you're cooking foods for less time, so you're actually cooking them, well, less, so they're, they're withstanding high heat for less time, so you have certain nutrients that are actually better preserved. Uh, the other thing is we have anti-nutrients, and that's a big deal in traditional cooking, things like phytic acid that are in uh, grains, nuts, beans, and seeds. Well, um, pressure cooking can actually better reduce those more than boiling or regular means of cooking. So pressure cooking is actually a very healthy way to, to cook your food. And in addition to that, so yes, the answer is yes, it's healthy. I, don't, I, I would not be concerned at all um, that your food is not healthy with pressure cooking. But in addition to that, it can be very helpful in your kitchen because number one, efficiency. And I've alluded to this um, as I've been talking, but the thing with pressure cooking is because you're using pressure and that increases the temperature more than just boiling. So you're actually, as a general rule, cutting all your cook times in half. So like um, beans done in half the time. You can do a whole chicken in, um, 45 minutes to an hour instead of much longer if you were to do it in the um, uh, the oven, for instance. Even a partially frozen pasture chicken will be done in an hour and a half in the pressure cooker where you either couldn't do it at all or you'd have all day in the crock pot or you'd have several hours in the oven to do it. Uh, so it can be an amazing, amazing time saver. Now, I do wanna say though, that often people say, oh, I save so much time with my Instant Pot, and that is true because the actual cook time is reduced, but you do have to remember that you put your food in a pressure cooker, whether it's a regular pressure cooker or the Instant Pot, and there are um, a, a, a not insignificant number of minutes that it needs to come up to temperature, and that's in addition to your cooking time. And then, after your cooking time is over, uh, the pressure has to come down before you can actually open the pot and interact with your food, serve it, or move on to the next stage. So you have to add uh, time before and after. So it is more efficient overall, but it's not gonna completely cut in half your cooking time. Um, there's another great, great benefit um, and is the, the reason that I first took another look at pressure cooking is because I told you we had that really tough beef. Well, pressure cooking tenderizes like no other cooking method when you're talking about food or meat in particular. So roasts, you know, we know, we know that wild, wild and pastured meats have amazing flavor, but they can actually uh, give us a challenge in the kitchen with how to cook them right so they're not tough. Um, and pressure cooking is my number one way to handle that because it just tenderizes 
And there are all kinds of things you can do to tenderize your wild or pastured meat, but sometimes it turns out tough no matter what. Well, pressure cooking is your best bet. And nine times out of 10, and maybe even 10 times out of 10, or maybe 99.99% of the time, you're going to end up with a great, great result with tender meat, tender wild and pastured meat instead of tough and stringy. So the benefits of pressure cooking, if you can't tell already, I'm very, very excited about it. Yes, it's healthy. It's efficient and fast, and the third benefit, which is particular to your meats, is it tenderizes. And everything turns out fantastic, and you know, you can cook whole roasts, and you can cook soups, and you can do them in layers, like cook one ingredient at a time, and in between, you know, stages, you're depressurizing and then adding more ingredients and then cooking again, so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty exciting. I do have some more info for all of you. If you go to tradcookschool.com slash pressure, um, that is my article at the Traditional Cooking School blog called Getting Started with Pressure Cooking. So it gives you some resources, links to the first pot I bought, plus also the instant pot that I chose. Um, did I say books? Websites with much more information. And I want to tell you, um, if you're interested in pressure cooking, I do recommend the Instant Pot over others. Did I show you a picture? I think I did. Um, because it's so hands-off, it's such a powerful little machine. Um, and I also want to tell you guys, and I've announced this you know, sort of quietly so far, but at tr Traditional Cooking School, um, we have classes in traditional cooking, and our very next one that's going to start in April is on pressure cooking. And it will feature the Instant Pot, but it's not going to be exclusive to the Instant Pot. So you can do the pressure cooking um, principles with any kind of pressure cooker you have. And what's going to be unique about the one at Traditional Cooking School, the class that I'll be teaching, is that we're going to be incorporating traditional methods. So we're not going to give up on the soaking of our uh, grains and beans, for instance, because that's so beneficial for our nutrition and digestion. So I'm going to be uh, bringing that kind, those kind of traditional food practices into the efficiency and the healthfulness of a pressure cooker. So if you're interested in that, be sure to be uh, at least a member of Traditional Cooking School. But also, if, you, if you're not in a member, but you want to keep um, up to date on when that's coming, it is coming in April, just make sure you're subscribed to my emails, because uh, I'll have some insider information on that for you. To get on my email list, if you haven't already, sign up for my free Traditional Cooking video series. It's tradcookschool.com slash free vids, five free videos on traditional cooking. And uh, that kind of just puts you on my newsletter. And then I'll keep you up to date on the new class that's coming in just a matter of weeks. I'm seeing in the comments that you're all excited. So am I. Um, my daughter will be teaching it with me. She recently got married. And on her list, on her, what would you call it, her... What do you call it? your hope chest? So your hope chest when you're that you're building up. Well, she had on their uh, crock pot, and I said, no, 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 no. You need to get an instant pot. <laughs> and she did get an instant pot, and she has been playing with it a ton. So she has some recipes to share. The other thing is, is my friend Vicky Lynn from Real Food Living, who. If you've uh, been around me or traditional cooking school for a while, you know that when I first got into healthy cooking, Vicki Lynn's uh, site, realfoodliving.com, was the first one 
that I read. She's like my mentor with milling grains and homemade bread and alternative milks because we had to be dairy free at the time. And she is a huge Instant Pot lover, so she is going to be helping with this class as well. She, all her children, she uh, put together, well, she recommended get an Instant Pot when you're on your own. And she, she hunted down all these tips and everything about how to use it and what to know about it. And so her go-to list that she shared with her children, she's going to make available to all of us through the class. And it is key information. Okay, so um, I want to take your questions now. So do you have questions? I know you guys have been uh, saying them in the comments and I've missed them. So what's a good brand of Instant Pot? Well, it's, it's Instant Pot. I don't, either the manufacturer is Instant Pot or whatever, but it's just Instant Pot. And um, if you go to tradcookschool.com slash pressure, there's a link in that getting started with pressure cooking uh, post to the Instant Pot that I purchased and recommend. Any other questions? Yes, it's seven in one. That Instant Pot is seven in one. Great, and I just wanna say thank you, you guys, for all the, um, all the hearts and for sharing and the comments that have been happening. Have you made yogurt in it? All right, I'm working on yogurt. So, um, and I love to do raw milk yogurt that's thickened with gelatin. So if I can find a way to make that work in the Instant Pot, I will for sure be sharing it with traditional cooking school members inside that class. What's a good way to find out the length of cooking time for frozen meats? Um, you know what, there's a book that's recommend that I recommend at tradcookschool.com/pressure. It's um, it's by Lorna Sash. She has two really good pressure cooker books, and the one that I recommend in that post um, has all kinds of charts in there for cooking times, and it even says what to do if your meat is frozen. So that's what I refer to um, anytime I'm cooking slightly frozen or frozen meat, as I use her conversions for add this many minutes, etc. Any worry of them exploding? No, uh, these pressure cookers that are on the market today are so safe. I mean, of course, there are safety rules and safe ways to operate and maintain the um, equipment, which I will be covering in our class coming up next month. Um, but if you follow the rules, you shouldn't have any worries about exploding. Great. Yes, it replaces many things. Why use raw milk if you're going to cook it expensive? Well, if you are referring to my raw milk yogurt, uh, my raw milk yogurt is not cooked and that's why I was saying if I can figure out a way to do it in the Instant Pot I will show you because it's very important to me not to cook my raw milk yogurt. So that's why uh, you, I may not be able to figure it out. All right. Well, we are at the end of our time. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Thank you for sharing your excitement with me about pressure cooking. And I want to remind you to uh, get signed up for my free video series at tradcookschool.com slash freevids. That'll put you on my email list. You can be notified about this class and get some insider information. And go to tradcookschool.com slash pressure for more information and links about pressure cooking. And within 24 hours, this episode will be available on iTunes and at askwardy.tv. You want to look for episode 19, Is Pressure Cooking Healthy? And thank you all for being here. God bless you, and I'll talk to you again in a week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy, or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. 
To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.